Remember that event that started in 2020 that kind of disrupted your life? Yeah, about that. It turns out that despite everything that has happened, employee engagement has increased over the last year. Increased! In this episode, we are going to discuss the new behaviors that led to this new burst in employee engagement. Welcome to the 90th Percentile, an unconventional leadership podcast by Zanger Folkman. Each week, using research from over 1.5 million global assessments of leaders, we've analyzed different leadership traits, trends, and what it really takes for leaders to get to the 90th percentile. I'm Brianna Corin, and joining me today is renowned psychometrician and my father, Joe Folkman. Hey, Bri. You know in Harry Potter how they couldn't bring themselves to say the word Voldemort? They had to say he who must not be named. Yeah, I I remember that. So I had this epiphany the other day about that, that they didn't want to say the word Voldemort because it just was really painful to them. And I feel like the word pandemic, we all kind of feel the same about it too. Nobody wants to say the word. Just don't say the word. Oh, we're all tired of hearing about it and we're still going through it and we're just so scared of going back to the way things were and hoping to progress for the future. So we promise that we're going to try our best not to say the word pandemic. But in our collective attempt to keep pushing forward, um, forgive us for looking back and gaining some greater perspective about what has happened and is continuing to happen because despite the chaos and uncertainty and drastic changes, um, incredible things have happened over this past year. Yeah, Bree, there's some new skills that can't be forgotten or left behind as we crave to return to what we once knew. Uh, This new environment is in large part received positive reviews from employees what was really surprising to discover was that employee engagement in many organizations improved from the levels we saw before the Don't say it. that that time. Well, uh, before <clears throat> before the event last year, I compared the 360 data from 509,000 employees uh, that we gathered before March 2020 to 16,566 over the past year of the the thing we went through (laughs) and to verify the improvement in engagement. Now, the engagement data was gathered from leaders in many different organizations across the globe. So it's a really broad sample of employees from, you know, all different countries or a lot of different countries about 65% were from the U.S., but many were from outside the U.S. Uh, Employee satisfaction was assessed using a five-item index, which assessed employee satisfaction, discretionary effort, desire to quit or stay employed, willingness to recommend the organization to others, and confidence that the organization will be successful. Now, we found a three percentile point improvement which is significant on the engagement during the pandemic. Oops, I'm sorry. I'll forgive you for that one. (laughs) 
compared to the pre-pandemic uh, data sets. Wow, I said it twice. All right. This result is really meaningful because most people assumed with all the frustrations and complications associated over the past year that engagement would be less positive uh, rather than more positive. So how on earth did this happen? Well, while employees were generally more satisfied working from home, some managers appeared to have been doing a better job than others at managing a remote workforce. Now, what I did is identified 20 leadership behaviors that correlated with increasing engagement before last year. <laughs> so we discovered that while 15 of the leadership behaviors were consistent before and after, five new behaviors appeared to be uh, substantially different in the last year. Uh, leaders who performed these five leadership behaviors well had significantly higher employee engagement. Okay, you piqued my curiosity. What are these five behaviors? Well, the first one was that protecting employees from risk was a big issue. Last year, there were a variety of risks, both uh, to employees and to the organization. As we looked at leaders we, who put the organization's success ahead of their employees' health concerns, that drove engagement down. When managers put the employees first and showed concern and consideration for the employees' health and well-being, these leaders boosted their engagement and the engagement scores of the organization. You know, I think that this was a big opportunity to build stronger emotional connections and for leaders to demonstrate compassion and build good relationships. People need to feel like their employer cares, not just about their physical well-being, but their emotional and mental health as well. And I think this opened the door to more transparency and conversations about this issue. And we're hearing about it a lot. Um, I read about how Alyssa Mastro Monaco, who was the White House Deputy Chief of Staff for Operations under President Obama, she decided to tell her boss when she was switching her antidepressant medication because she knew it was really hard on her and it might affect her performance. And guess what her boss's reaction was? She said, you got it. And she was supportive. I mean, that takes a lot of bravery. Uh, but the fact is no one is out there is perfect. We all have our baggage. But when employees feel protected and like they can say something like that to their boss, it makes a difference in their performance and engagement. So I, I can see why this behavior was so effective last year. So what's next? Well, number two is capitalizing on the diverse perspectives and talents of employees. Last year, we saw significant movement around social justice issues. Mm -hmm. uh, we've seen some organizations take a stand on voting rights and other current issues, while others rejected their employees, urging them to speak out. In general, employees desire to work for an organization where diversity on many dimensions is valued. Now, this issue is becoming more and more important. Valuing diverse perspective needs to move from the C-suite to every manager and supervisor in order for these issues to make a meaningful impact for everyone. Hmm. Employees who work for leaders who demonstrated that they value the different perspectives had engagement and discretionary effort at higher levels. 
I think in the past, organizations felt it was better not to take a stand. And it is, it's been really encouraging to see this dramatic shift and more organizations standing up for social justice issues. And research has shown actually that companies with effective corporate social responsibility programs are more profitable than those who aren't. Yeah, that's interesting. The number three issue was important. It was building an inclusive climate. Employees who did not feel a sense of belonging are not engaged and they're unwilling to put forth additional effort. Creating a team where every employee feels welcome and appreciated and valued makes a huge difference. And the differences show up in both engagement and discretionary effort. Yeah, belonging has certainly been the buzzword of the year. And what what a fantastic word to obsess over. I'm so glad. This is this is not something that organizations are going to be able to change overnight to make everybody feel like they belong. It'll take a ton of work and trial and error. And I think those leaders who don't look at this like a phase, but hang on to this new skill will definitely see the rewards in their engagement, like you said. Yeah. The next behavior that affected engagement was managers' true concern for developing others. A significant test of whether an employee is valued is whether they have the opportunity to learn new skills and develop in their jobs. When leaders find developmental activities for employees, they communicate that they're valued, that they're important to the organization. When people improve their skills and their performance also increases. This behavior not only uh, benefits the individual employee, but it also benefits the organization. I mean, creating a new development experience enables team members to move into new jobs and expand their current assignments. This sends a clear signal that even amid a pan, oops, <laughs> their mm-hmm. leaders seek to provide them with an opportunity to work on new and challenging assignments. I mean, just th- looking over all these skills you've talked about, I find it so fascinating that really they're all kind of centered around having more compassion, protecting employees from risks, capitalizing on diverse perspectives building an inclusive climate, showing true concern and development for others. These are so important in interpersonal skills and great that the last year kind of showed that we all need to do these more. So what, what is the final new skill? Number five is uh, adapting quickly in response to people's needs in the situation. Last year provided an excellent test of how agile both managers and employees were at adapting to new and different circumstances. Working remotely required people to work differently. Meetings were held virtually. Collaboration between groups needed to be more intentional and planned. Communication needed to change and the relationships were harder to reinforce and build. Leaders who were quick to adapt and learn new skills had highly engaged employees, and they were more willing to give uh, extra effort. Now, several skills can help leaders build engagement and discretionary effort, but these five skills made a big difference in today's work environment. As problems from this very difficult period ease, It appears that there may be employees who continue to work remotely. In fact, most organizations 
are going to do this hybrid system where they're, they're working remotely some days and in the office other days. Embracing these five skills will continue to be a valuable asset for leaders in, at every level and help both now and in the future. I have an important announcement to make. This podcast will be the last one for the summer. We are working on some exciting new things at Sanger Folkman, including a new course that we will soon offer. But the 90th percentile will be back in the fall with brand new episodes, with new research and interviews that will continue to help leaders improve their effectiveness. We would really like to hear what episodes you enjoyed and found the most useful this year. So if you could leave us a review, we would greatly appreciate it. And be sure to tune in when we return. The 90th Percentile, an unconventional leadership podcast, was written and recorded by Brianna Korn and Joe Folkman and produced by Sanger Folkman with music by Pleasant Pictures. If you're interested in learning more about Sanger Folkman's award-winning 360-degree assessments, leadership, and coaching offerings, or would like to attend our monthly webinar series hosted by Jack Sanger and Joe Folkman, visit our website at sangerfolkman.com. If you liked our podcast, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher and leave us a five-star review. All resources and links to the research referenced in this episode can be found in the episode details or on our podcast page on zangerfolkman.com.